It's so deeply ingrained in me to say hello summoners when I start off these podcasts, but uh, you're not summoners anymore. I guess potential and current Valorant players, uh, welcome to Valorant Radio. I, I am one of the beautiful people who got access to the Valorant beta, got it on the first day, don't be mad. Uh, <laughs> I got to rub that in a bunch of people who are actually good at first-person shooters' faces, so that was that was nice. And uh, this is my report. Three days into the beta, I have played roughly, I'd say about 20 to 25 games, somewhere in that neighborhood, with each of those going between 25 and 45 minutes on the long end. Uh, not that many have gone to 45, although I had three matches today go to overtime. And that was pretty insane. Um, but anyways, so I've been playing the beta for three days. And I kind of want to just give my thoughts on the beta at this current moment in time. All of this is extremely subject to change. We're still extremely early on this. And I'm not really going to pretend that this is even my genre that I excel at currently. Uh, I think I can make it that way. But right now, this is just giving my thoughts as a middle-of-the-road or maybe even slightly below average player currently. So first of all, is it fun? Is it a fun game to play? The answer is yes. This game is so much fun. I could not stop playing it It, to the point where it's actually been a problem the last few days, Uh, especially being stuck in quarantine. You know, what else am I going to do? Be responsible, do my work, come on. Uh, Yeah, but all I've wanted to do for the past few days is play Valorant. It is super fun. Something that I really look for in these types of competitive games is the instant feedback of how well you're playing, and Valorant gives you a ton of that. Of course, these really super competitive shooters are probably the best at that in terms of instant feedback. You get into an aim duel, that guy kills you. Oh, he shot better than you. You get into an aim duel and you kill him, well, you shot better than him with some caveats based on weapon purchases and all that shit. And it's got that gameplay loop where... Once you die, it's like, okay, I need to do better next round. I need to figure out how to do better next round. I need to aim better next round. And you may or may not. You know, it's a a toss-up, especially at these early stages when nobody really knows what they're doing uh, unless they're a Counter-Strike player and they're going 30 and 10 in all of my games. But uh, (laughs) it was unavoidable. Uh, We all knew it was going to happen. But despite that, the games haven't been super stompy for the most part. I'd say about 60% of the games have been relatively close uh, 20% have been a decent disparity and then like maybe another 20% have been stomps. So honestly, for a closed beta, that's not bad. It, the gameplay has not in every match just been decided by that one godlike Counter-Strike player who's just sniping everyone from across the map. There have certainly been those games. Everyone who has a brain knew that there would be those games, but they've been actually more spread out than I expected. I expected that to be the case pretty much every round and it hasn't been uh, my experience so far. Anyways, so yeah, gameplay, super fun, super rewarding. I've really, the game has not disappointed me yet. But let's go back, let's go forward, let's talk about the uh, the community. The first person shooter community, oh no. Honestly, there's not a lot to say here. Everyone is still so new that mistakes are being forgiven. Uh, the toxicity is very low. I think I've only had one rage quit across all those games. And he might have just disconnected, but he kept spam pinging and then just DC'd, so... I don't know, you be the judge of that one, but uh, not a lot of people using the mics. Most people don't know the callouts. I'm learning a few of the callouts. It helps being inundated with the game. 
uh, watching some of the top streamers. I've learned a few of the callouts by doing that and also by playing with people who are more familiar with the callout system of something like Counter-Strike. Uh, it's very transfers very well. Every For those who aren't aware, uh, every little area on the map typically has its own name. And learning where all of those places are helps you communicate with your team and helps you pinpoint where the enemies actually are and close in on them or play certain angles or basically it just gives you a better shot of winning the game if you know where all those are. Most people don't know where they are yet. That's going to change. I expect to know most of the callouts by my mm, third week of playing, I would say. I would say I know most of the callouts on all three maps by my third week of playing, especially if I take some time to actually sit down and look at them and study those maps. But uh, the communication, there's not that much communication yet. Uh, I, again, I expect that to change. I think people are just kind of trying to figure out the game right now, and they're more concerned about their own play than what their team is doing at this point. Just trying to work on their aim, trying to work on their ability usage, which is honestly probably the right thing to do. As far as where I think the game is going to go, come on, we already know this game is going to be toxic as hell (laughs) once it's been out for at least three or four months. Uh, It's a super competitive shooter, uh, and it's it's going to be a toxic environment, especially since Riot's probably going to have more of a trouble moderating it since the chat is now going to be more located on the... uh, voice comms rather than just a text log where you can go in the text log oh this guy said retard at 14 minutes banned you know you can't really do that as well when it's on a voice chat system so it'll be interesting to see i think for that reason alone it's going to be more toxic than even league of legends was which was renowned for its toxicity i just am not an optimist in this regard but uh anyways if you get in the if you get in the closed beta don't flame your teammates i've heard some people saying that counter-strike players are flaming them or just regular people are flaming them come on all of us suck, realistically. Don't be a dick. So let's let's move on to the the agents. The big draw for Valorant. Or one of the big draws, I guess. So far, the ones that I've tried myself are Jet, Cypher, Brimstone, Omen, and Breach. And you can put those into three distinct categories. The ones that I was absolutely soul-crushingly terrible at because they're way too hard for my tiny league player brain. That would be Cypher and Omen. Uh, the ones that I performed moderately well on uh, in some of the games and in some games just ran it down. That would be Brimstone and Jet. And then the one that's really in the same category, but I'm actually starting to learn how to play, and that's Breach. He's definitely, I think, been my most played agent so far. Maybe Cypher was. I tried Cypher for like six or seven games before I realized that I'm just absolutely hopeless with him, at least in my current state. You're trying to keep track of so much stuff with him. You kind of forget that you have to shoot the guns at the enemy players, which is, I think... I believe Riot emphasized the importance of shooting the guns at the enemy players. But uh, I, when I'm better at this game, maybe in like six months, I really want to revisit playing Cypher because I just don't have the muscle memory built in to be able to control him. And I just need to fast track it to where the character I'm playing is basically as simple as possible. And I think Breach is about as simple as it gets if you know his kit. You just shoot stuff in a straight line with all his abilities, basically. Not that there's not any nuance to it, but compared to someone like Cypher where you're controlling the camera and then detonating your minds from far away across the map and watching two different places at once, yeah, no thanks. He's super cool. I love playing him. And the few times that I did manage to do something cool with him, I felt like a badass, but yeah, not going to happen anytime soon. But there are two other characters that I haven't played that I really want to talk about. And the first one is Sage. And 
I don't know. This is probably my this character's probably my biggest complaint about the game so far. I don't know what the hell they were thinking when they came up with Sage's Ice Wall because it's like bar none by a vast margin the best ability in the game. There's not even an ability that I can think of that comes close to being as good. Not even Brimstone's, you know, 20 second smokes or however long they last that you can place pretty much anywhere you want. Those don't even come close to how good Sage's Wall is. Because, first of all, the amount of bullets that it takes to break through this thing... Well, let's not, even, let's not even start there. Let's just start here. She is the only character currently in the game that can create terrain. First and foremost, that alone makes that ability insanely good. Then you couple it with the fact that it takes dozens of bullets to break through it. Then you couple that with the fact that it lasts something insane, like 40 seconds... Then you add on the fact that she can cast it pretty much anywhere. She could even cast it, like, if you're on the the map with the teleporters, I forget what they're called. If you cast it outside of one of the teleporters, you can just trap players in there until they shoot their way through it. Like, you can just do stuff like that with Sage. She's also, it's also because it's the only creatable terrain in the game. It's the only thing that can boost characters without any upward mobility. So the only ones that can boost themselves upward are, I believe, Ray's... Omen, and Jet, and Sage, if you count her wall. So, she's also the only person that can boost these every other non-boosting agent, Cypher, Breach, Brimstone, blah, 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 all the other ones who don't have any mo- of that upward mobility. She can boost them to higher vantage points, and herself. That ability is my biggest irritation in the game. Because it's not a small wall. It's, it is substantial. And... Also, the fact that you have to break it in segments, you can sometimes make that work to your advantage, but the fact that the whole thing doesn't just come down when you break through it is a little bit nutty, and uh, it's just, it is just like by far the best ability in the game by like a a ridiculous margin. Uh, If anything gets nerfed in this closed beta, I would expect it to be that, because her ultimate, everyone was concerned about her having a res, honestly... I like her ultimate. I think it's really well implemented because if you've actually played the game, it sounds crazy. It's like, oh, you're putting a res in a tactical shooter? What the fuck, right? But if you've actually played it, if she tries to res with anyone nearby, both her and the person she's resing, resurrect for anyone who, sorry, is not, not in the loop, her ultimate revives someone who's dead. If there's anyone on the enemy team even remotely nearby, they're going to kill both you and then they're going to kill the person that you resurrected because... It puts Sage, because the animation is very long, it puts her in a very vulnerable position to use it. And then the person, when they get res, like if you've, if you've played Overwatch with Mercy's original res, I don't know what the fuck she does now. I haven't played the game in like three years. But it used to be she would just press it, and then you're back, and you're invincible until you can shoot. And so there's basically zero risk to using it. She could cast it instantly and then go back to doing other stuff. And then the person that she reses is back instantly with no threat really, to being killed immediately. And that was, I think it was one of the most hated abilities in the game after a while, because she would just get five-person reses, and it was insane. But Sage is, is very well-balanced. You res one person, and it's super, it puts both of you into a, a vulnerable position. Because the person that she resurrects is vulnerable for, like, three or four seconds. I like that, but her it's really her basic abilities. I honestly think her ult is... It's not weak, obviously. It could be very good. You could turn a 2v2 into a 2v3, or you could turn a 2v3 into a 2v4. You know, like, you can 
make crazy things happen with it, but it takes a while to charge up and it's it's perfectly reasonable. But it's her her basic abilities that really get me. Like the fact that she's the only person that can heal other players, and especially since not every character can heal themselves. I think I'm trying to think of who can. I know Phoenix can. Um I can't think of anyone else off the top of my head, but I think there is another one. Um, and obviously Sage can heal herself or an ally back to full HP, which is nothing to scoff at. That's pretty significant because, again, it's just that Sage does so many things that no other character can even come close to replicating. Like, no other character can make terrain. No other character can heal other characters. And I know that it's not necessarily a bad thing for characters to have things that are identifying and unique, but... When half the characters in the game have some sort of smoke-like ability, for Sage to have two fully unique abilities, not including her ultimate, because obviously all the ults are pretty unique into into themselves, uh, but for her to have two very readily available, extremely unique pieces of utility that you can't get anywhere else, it's, it's just a bit much. And again... The healing is not the biggest deal on her kit, uh, especially in a game where there are so many one-tap headshots. It's not that big of a deal most of the time, but on the times that it is a big deal, ooh, it's it's bad. I mean, it's you know maybe it's supposed to be like that. And then of course her her slow field. It makes a giant slowing field on the ground, and you if you walk through it, you make a ton of noise. Now it slows both her and her. Uh, it slows both enemies and allies and herself, so it's not like you can just cast it and then run through it and then not expect anyone to follow you. And if you walk through it, everyone else can hear you walk through it, but she gets two of them per round, and they both last for so long, and it just makes it essentially impossible to push wherever she places them down. I don't know. Again, I think that ability is fine. I just think it lasts too long. Um, Anyways, I've talked about Sage enough, but God, her... She is just, like, in my opinion, far and away the best character in the game and far and away the one that is most deserving of nerfs, in my current opinion. Especially, like, if you start her um, her ice wall on the first round and every, when everyone only has pistols, everyone only has pistols in the first round, like CSGO, it's going to take them, like, three or four clips to break through it. So you basically just complete... And you'll hear where they are, and you'll know exactly where they are because they're trying to break through your ice wall. And it's just... It's insane how good that ability is. I would like to see that nerfed. One nerf I would consider to be a, a good idea would be if something like your knives were able to break it faster. Because if you go up into knife range to break it, uh, she can see which part of the wall you're breaking, and she can hear you knifing it. So you're going to have to get up pretty close, and you'll also be vulnerable because you'll have to switch back to your gun after you break it. So I think that would be a pretty fair way of balancing it if the knife killed it in like four or five swings, something like that, or killed one segment in four or five swings. I think that would be a good change. Um, They are obviously, again, I've only played the game for three days. These are just my first impressions and my just vomiting out ideas. I'm not saying they have to do any of this. Maybe Sage isn't as good as I think she is, but I would be surprised because she seems really, really good. But yeah, I would just like to... If all they did was change how long her wall lasted or change how easy it is to break her wall, I'd be happy with that. I think it would still... If it lasted half the time it lasts now and had half the durability, it would still be one of the best abilities in the game, in my opinion. So for it to last as long as it does and be as durable as it is is a little overwhelming to me. But that's, you know, those are just my thoughts. 
on Sage, the character that I'm most concerned about. It just I don't the thing that I'm worried about with this game is that there are going to be certain agents that are going to be must picks like on any team comp and I think Sage is at the top of that list. I would say like maybe Brimstone would be another one just because his smokes are so good, but him I'm not as sure about. I think he's really good and I don't think any of the agents seem to be overwhelmingly weak. It seems like the two weakest in most people's opinion are Jet and Omen. But I also feel like Jet and Omen are two of the higher skill cap champions in the game. Or, sorry, agents. Yikes. League of Legends. <laughs> two of the higher skill cap agents in the game. So I wouldn't be surprised if it's just that people don't know exactly what to do with them yet. But yeah, I would. I, I'm just. I hope that the meta doesn't get to a point where it's like, if you don't have a Sage, you are fucked. And that's just my concern because of, again, how unique her abilities are compared to the other agents who all. There's like there's two flashbangs in the game. Breach has a flashbang and Phoenix has a flashbang. You probably want to have one of them on your team because flashbangs are super strong in this game. But at the same time, there's two characters that can provide that utility. You know, if you need obviously you need smokes. There's you know half the characters in the game can provide smokes to you. I'm just worried about there being certain agents that are must-haves on every team comp, no matter what, and. For that fear, Sage would be at the top of my list as being a must-have on every team. Now, is that necessarily going to be the case? Who the fuck knows? It's way too early to tell. That's just a fear of mine with games like this. Especially because of how limited the agent roster is. Only 10 at launch. That means that as it stands right now, your team has a 50% chance of picking Sage if you were to just lock in randomly. And if that were to catapult up to like 60, 70, 80%, to the point where it's like, okay, if you don't have a Sage, good luck, and it forces somebody to play Sage every round. It just it has something of a stranglehold on the meta, I feel like, and the stranglehold on what you can actually do, especially because, again, with her creating terrain, there are only a few characters that can really go over it, and when they do it, most of them are somewhat vulnerable because they're in the air and you can't shoot accurately in the air. So, I don't know. Just something to think about, something to keep in mind, uh, something that I've been thinking about a lot playing the beta. It's not like Sage being in the beta has ruined my experience at all. That's not what it is. I'm just voicing my concerns about the the future of the game and the future of the balance of the game. And on that note, let's move on to Reddit's current favorite agent to bitch about, and that is Raze, who I believe is Brazilian and likes to blow things up. That's about the extent of my knowledge of her lore. But uh, I've played against several Raze's, and... I don't know if it's just because I haven't played against one that was insanely good, but I haven't seen what everyone's complaining about. Because uh, I've seen two major complaints from her. The first is on a little bit more of a micro level, a uh, little more boots on the ground, and then the other one is from a more macro level, bird's eye view look at the game. So let's start with the micro. Let's start with going a little bit more in depth. So raises kit for her one ability, she throws a grenade and then... After the main grenade explodes, it turns into some tinier grenades. Uh, She's got a little Roomba thing that explodes if it runs into anybody. She's got C4 charges that she can throw on the ground to kind of rocket boost herself up to higher, um, higher vantage points that she wouldn't otherwise be able to reach. And then she's got an ult that if you've played League of Legends, it functions almost exactly the same as Jinx Rocket. And you basically shoot it at an area, and if anybody's standing near the explosion, they die. And... 
the biggest complaint, one of the biggest complaints that I've seen is that people think her grenades do too much damage because they can kill you from full HP. So if you get trapped in a corner and she throws the grenade at you at a certain angle, there's not going to be a lot that you can do to escape. And people don't like that in this game that was toted as having extremely tight gunplay and guns being the way you kill people. They don't like that they're dying to the grenades. And then the other complaint is her rocket launcher that they, again, don't like in a game where it's you're trying to go for headshots, you're trying to go for very precise moves. They don't like that she can shoot the rocket into your general vicinity and just kill you like that without having to really do much aiming herself. So basically people think that those two abilities do too much damage in their current state. But that kind of goes into the higher level complaint that people have that she doesn't feel like a Valorant character. Because with all the other characters... I'm trying to rack my brain. It is pretty tough to straight up kill people with any of the other characters' abilities because most of them function as utility. And the ones, like for example, Breach can shoot fire through the wall and if you're standing right next to it, it'll kill you. But you would either have to be somehow movement impaired, a potato, or be super pinned down for you to not move out of the way because it's super telegraphed where it's coming and you can always move out of the way of it. If you're not, again, impaired in some way. And I've been, I've played maybe seven or eight games of Breach. I think I've only gotten one or two kills with it, that ability the whole time I've been playing. Because that's not what the ability is for. The ability is not supposed to kill people, even though it has potentially lethal damage. The goal of the ability is to force movement from the enemy player, and to scout, and to gain information, and to provide, again, more of a utility, kind of like the the smoke screens are a utility. That's kind of what the ability is more meant for. Uh, the Molotovs, those are not necessarily meant to kill you. They can, and I've been killed by a few of them, but their primary purpose is to seal off certain areas and prevent people from pushing in. That's what they're really for. They have potentially lethal damage, but most of the time you're not going to get killed by them if you're playing correctly. Which brings us to Ray's. I think that the problem, and I, I saw one of the Riot devs comment on this. Um, it was a guy that I did not agree with most of what he said regarding League of Legends, but I actually agree with him here. And he basically said that, yeah, everyone is new right now. Everyone sucks right now. He didn't say it in such undiplomatic terms, but that was what that was what he was saying. <laughs> and his point was like, people are dying to her grenades right now because they're not experienced at playing the game. Her grenades are not meant to kill you, and at the higher levels of play, it's not super common that they do. They're more meant to force you off of an area, much like Breach's uh, fire fucking move, whatever it's called. The damage is meant to be a deterrent more than an outright lethal force, because it's as important for something to be able to kill you so that it's a deterrent as it is for something to just kill you outright in this game, in this type of game. And there will still be times where you actually do die to it because of certain niche circumstances. Either you get walled off or something and you can't move, or you're pinned down and you can't go anywhere, so you die to the grenade. That is certainly something that can happen. That is something that will continue to happen. The question is, is that that bad of a thing? But what people are saying with Ray's is that her kit does way too much damage overall and feels out of place because her abilities are not pure utility because she has four damaging abilities whereas I think the max that any other agent has is two unless I'm forgetting someone 
uh, I guess Breach, I think his Earthquake, I don't know if his Flashes do damage, um, but they, if they do, they don't do much damage. I, I don't think there are any other characters that have more than two damaging abilities, which does raise the question, ha, raise the question, nice, uh, <laughs> which does raise the question of if she is out of place, and I don't necessarily think she is. Uh, a lot of people have complained, like, there have been clips on Reddit of four people charging into the Ray's ult and dying, but here's the thing. Why are you pushing when you know she has ult? Because when she casts it, it's not instant. It's not like she press. It's not like League of Legends where you press a button and then it shoots the ability. When she casts it, she shouts a voice line that everyone can hear on both sides of the map, and then she has to wait. I'm guessing at least a second or two before she can actually cast it. So it's not like she's pressing the ability and instantly killing people. You have time to react to it, quote-unquote. Maybe not react once it's been shot, but react once it could be shot. And the problem is that these people, in a lot of these clips I've seen, and it's not... I'm not, like, blaming the people in the clips, uh, because everyone's new, everyone sucks, everyone doesn't know what the fuck they're doing. But if you charge into an ability that you know has the potential to kill all four of you, and you stand on top of each other, and then said ability kills you maybe that's not that weird, you know? <laughs> maybe that's just what happens to you in that cir- circumstance. Whereas if you guys were like, okay, Raze has ult, we cannot push here, then that Raze ult against a better team might still do its job, which is not necessarily to kill people. It is to threaten that it can kill people. So you maybe you know that they're all going to try to go B next round or something, and you cast the Raze ult as soon as the round starts. Well, now you can just sit back in relative safety with your Razolt and wait the 10 seconds or so while your team gathers intel or while your team incrementally pushes up. That's more what I see that ultimate being useful for. I don't think it's going to continue, at least at the higher levels of play, to get these massive multi-kills. I think that's just a, a product of people not being good at the game. I could be wrong, and I definitely see where people who are complaining about her design are coming from, but I just don't see it as being that big of a deal. I, I can see her fitting into the game. And I don't know. I'm just not too worried about that in particular. Again, I'm way more worried about Sage. Which, that's like the, you know, the meme with the, the galaxy brain meme. The small brain one is complaining about Rays, And then the galaxy brain one is complaining about Sage. I'm calling it now. <laughs> but um, I, I think it's just one of those things where we're not used to the game enough that people are dying to the grenades. Like, I've died to the grenades a few times, and yeah, it is frustrating. And I could see it being super frustrating if it kept happening to you. <laughs> but, I mean, at this point, pretty much all of my deaths are just a result of me being bad at this game. So I can't complain too much. You know, that's kind of how I see it. Because, like, Sage Wall, you know, just to hammer home the difference, in my opinion, Sage Wall is just like, oh, she put the wall here right when the round started okay, I guess I just can't do anything. I There's just literally nothing I can do about that if I'm playing like half the, the roster of characters. So I guess I'll go somewhere else, you know? And I don't I don't love that gameplay mechanic. I, it's same thing with her slow field. It's like, oh, I guess I'll just go somewhere else. And, you know, again, there are a lot of abilities that are like that. The Molotovs are like that. It's more the fact that they're as long, the slow field is as long-lasting as it is. And the fact that she can obviously kill you because she can have access to every gun in this game. Unlike a traditional support character, her damage is not crippled in any way because she has access to the exact same guns as everyone else. But I don't know. Maybe neither of those characters are 
as strong as people are making them out to be. I do think it's a pretty popular opinion among top players, quote unquote, <laughs> that uh, that Sage is very strong. And you know, if you watch the developer playtest uh, or not playtest, the developer team, there was a team of Riot Games developers who worked on the game versus a team of like XCS pros and streamers. And uh, and the dev team just wiped the floor with the streamers. Now, a lot of the devs were former top-level Counter-Strike players themselves, but it was still, it was not pretty. It was not close. <laughs> they got, the te- the streamers got absolutely demolished. And if those guys are this good at the game, and they think that Sage is okay, in, and they've played it for this long, good enough to destroy former CS pros, then I will trust their opinion over my own for the time being. If they think Sage is okay in her current state and they don't think that she's over-centralizing to the meta, I will I will give them the benefit of the doubt currently because they've at least displayed that they have a very deep understanding of their game. Something that, again, truth be told, not to be that guy, I feel like was lacking in League of Legends. Um, just throwing that out there, you can debate how true that is or not, but... I, I feel like the development team for this game is very clearly skilled at their own game. They very clearly put a lot of hours into not only making it, but playing it and trying to master it to learn what's possible. With all that being said, I guess to wrap up, now that I've kind of made all the points that I wanted to make, talked about the game long enough, I just want to talk about my own performance and my own perspective on the games that I've been playing. So, first and foremost thing is that I'm really bad at aiming... Not, like, so bad that I never hit my shots. Uh, some games that has been the case, though. <laughs> I've had a few games where I've just kind of gone hard off the deep end and gotten ten deaths in a row without killing anyone. It's not a fun experience, but I know it's all my fault. The aiming is obviously going to be one of the most important skills in this game. Uh, without a doubt, it's not even close. And part of the way that you practice that is just by playing more games. I think that as the a little bit later on they're going to offer some sort of like team deathmatch mode where you can actually get good aiming practice against other human players right now it's just the classic diffuse the spike mode which is a little bit tough because you know if you're just trying to practice your aim against people you could walk out and get op shotted in the first two seconds of the match and then you're not doing anything for another two minutes and it's really hard to get good aim practice in in the game's current state which is a little a little bit unfortunate. Of course, it's the third day of the closed beta. I'm not surprised that it's lacking in features. I just kind of wish there'd been like some sort of team deathmatch at launch, but or not it's not even at launch, at the beta launch, but not surprised that it's not there and right now just trying to make the best of it. But that my biggest concern is that that does somewhat raise the gap between CS:GO players and people who are not familiar with this genre. Because the CS players, it takes them, you know, maybe 20 or 30, 50 rounds uh, or games. And then they're like, okay, this, my shooting abilities have transferred over marvelously. I've learned some of the recoil. I've learned some of the spread patterns on the guns. I've learned where I can, where to aim to get headshots. I've figured all that out because it all transfers over heavily. And I've just had to make some minor adjustments from CSGO. Now I can focus on getting better at Valorant because I have that aim potential down. Whereas people like me who are starting from scratch, essentially, it's like, okay, so now I'm trying to build up my aim. But at the same time, I'm trying to learn how to use abilities. I'm trying to figure out how the map works. I'm trying to learn how callouts work. 
I mean, I know how they work, but you know what I mean? I'm trying to figure out all these different skills that are all important at the same time. And I do fear that that's going to somewhat exacerbate the already existing gap between CS players and even just first-person shooter in general players and people who are new to the genre. I think it's something that can be overcome. Don't get me wrong. I'm not worried that it's like, oh, well, they're ahead, so I guess I'll just lay down and die. It's not like that. It's not going to be like that. I'm not going to let it be like that. Uh, But for the time being, it's like, okay, I have a limited capability for improvement in these areas in the game's current state. That's okay. Just have to figure out how to work around that. And obviously, I'm still, none of this is to say that I'm not improving at the game in some way. I'm sure if I were, had recorded my first game and I were to record it to my last, uh, record my last game and compare the two, I'm sure the difference would be night and day. You know, it probably wouldn't even be close between the two of them. But again, it's just tough because it's really hard to gauge how good anyone is at this game, especially yourself with how biased you are. Anyways, so some other things that I've been finding when I've been playing, I've been using the the aim down sights. So if you use your alternate fire. Uh, it, it lets you pull out a scope on all the guns, unlike CSGO, but I believe your penalty is usually reduced fire rate. So I've been using that as a bit of a crutch because your guns are not any less accurate when you aim from the hip versus aiming down the sight. The only thing that happens is that your fire rate gets reduced when you aim down sights and your recoil spread gets slightly reduced. I believe those are the only differences. So really, if you were just better at the game, you wouldn't ever really need to aim down sights. If you were just better at controlling the recoil and better at aiming in general, uh, which I like. I like that there's no intrinsic, you know, advantages to aiming down the sights, uh, but that it does make the game a little bit easier. And it does make sense to aim down sights in certain situations. Like if you're holding an angle or something and you know somebody's coming, it might make sense to aim down the sight to try to reduce the recoil if you're just and try to make it a little bit easier to aim if you're planning on just headshotting them when they come around the corner. But Need to stop using the aim down sight as a crutch. I'm overusing in some instances and underusing in some instances my abilities. Uh, this one is interesting because, again, coming from a League of Legends background, if you have any familiarity with that game, you'll know that animation canceling is a huge, huge part of learning how the game works. And what that means is an animation cancel is basically you cast one ability. And then maybe 75% of the way through the ability, the ability has been cast and it's already, it's basically already happened, but there's also a wind down animation. So during that wind down animation, most of the time you can actually cast another ability and shorten the amount of lag time in between casting abilities. So you can watch a really good player do a combo on someone like Riven and then you can watch a bad player do a combo on Riven. And the good player might do the combo twice as fast because he's not wasting as many frames as the bad player is because he's canceling all his animations into the next one. Coming from that background where it's like, okay, I'm waiting for the critical moment where the ability has gone through. And once that happens, I'm going to switch to my next ability. And it's about pressing things in rapid succession and chaining them together. Coming to Valorant is a very stark difference because... All of the abilities, casting them, it's like an event. It's like, you cast this ability, you're going to be, even by just pulling out the ability, you're going to be vulnerable for at least a second. And if you actually cast it, it's not like you can cast and then shoot immediately after. There's a huge wind-down animation on casting almost every ability. And I understand why they did it. I don't, 
I, I actually like the choice because they don't want you to just be spamming abilities and then shooting people as soon as they've casted. They want there to be some lag time. And I totally respect that design decision, but it's just tough to get accustomed to. So there have been several instances where somebody will be, I know they're rushing me, I cast an ability, and then they peek while I'm in the middle of casting the ability and just shoot me in the head because I can't switch back to my gun fast enough. Getting used to that whole thing is going to be tough. It's going to be really important to learn all the ability timings and learn what your exact window of vulnerability is for certain abilities. And I think it's just something that's going to come with time and experience. I'm already getting better at it. It's not happening as frequently as it was in my first matches, but it is something that is definitely a bit of a learning curve and not a super shallow learning curve either. Uh, But the guns are still the most important thing in the game. That's just what I'm learning. doesn't matter how good you are with the abilities. If you can't shoot your gun, you suck at Valorant. (laughs) That's just the fact of it. One other thing that I noticed, and this is more specific to League of Legends players, maybe FPS players in general probably know this, but um, it helped me a lot to turn down my sensitivity. I had it at, I think, 800, and these are just random numbers if you don't know what the fuck I'm talking about but the I had my my mouse dpi is set to 800 and my in-game sensitivity was set to I believe 0.45 originally I've turned that down to 0.33 which I still think is maybe a little too high but I can't really turn it down anymore because my current setup is not where I usually am because of quarantine and the I don't have as much room on the the table that I'm using as I would like to to put like my whole forearm on and do like more forearm aiming stuff. So it's still a little bit high, but lowering my sensitivity has improved my aim a ton. Not saying it's right for everyone, but I think with League of Legends, because League of Legends is about, you know, a hundred different micro clicks all in the same area. Like I would pretty much only move my wrist when I play League of Legends because you're only moving within the box of the screen. Whereas with Valorant, it's a 360 degree game. You're looking everywhere, you're moving your mouse in broader swipes, and you're trying to make those smaller little adjustments. Uh, League of Legends, again, I played with pretty much only my wrist, so when I came to shooters, I have a little bit of CSGO experience, my sensitivity was crazy high, because I wanted to just move my wrist. And you can play like that, but most top players don't, and there's a reason for it. It's really hard to make micro-adjustments with your mouse when your sensitivity is too high. And so it's it's weird trying to train my mouse hand. It's like, dude, I know how to use a mouse. Yeah, but you don't know how to use a mouse in a first-person shooter. It's a completely different experience. And so trying to get the hang of that, trying to get the grip on that has been really interesting. It's been a tough transition for me. Again, it's something that I'm working on. I'd like to lower my sensitivity even further in the future, I think. Uh, I can still feel it's a little bit too jittery for me. But right now it's working and again, because of my just my physical setup limitations right now, it's not really viable for me to lower it any further than that. But um, just something to keep in mind if you're new to the game and you're missing a lot of shots or you're going wide on a lot of shots, you might want to lower your sensitivity. And then the last thing I want to talk about in my experience of the game is managing the economy. The economy is how much uh, money called creds you get after every round. And you get a set amount for losing, you get more if you lose multiple rounds in a, lo- in a row, and you get even more than that for winning. You also get 200 for kills, and I think you might get 300 for planting the spike. Uh, I'm not sure on that last, or maybe defusing the spike, maybe both. I'm not 100% sure on that last one, but I feel like I saw it one time in my kill feed. I could be wrong, though. But um, getting a hang on the economy is something that I think is just going to take a lot of team coordination 
and memorization of values. And right now, because there's so little coordination, uh, I do know a little bit about CSGO. So I know about like what an eco round is. An eco round is just basically, hey, let's save most of our money so that next round we can buy, we can all buy good guns and have a higher chance of winning the round. Then if you win the round, you get to keep your gun for next round so you don't have to buy a gun again. And then you can start a snowball effect from there. Uh, spend round is obviously where you spend as much money as you can. And then there's also variations on both of those where you spend some of your money, save some of your money. Uh, one guy will buy, one guy will buy a gun for another guy. There's a ton of different variations, but it's largely team dependent. So learning how the economy works has been something of a struggle just trying to figure out like, okay, when's the right time to buy? But I think it's just going to come down to memorization and, uh, getting more experience with the game and also just copying what the top players do because this is all second nature to them. This is all just CSGO again, you know, but that has been one of the biggest downfalls I've found in the, the closed beta, not downfalls, but just one of the biggest difficulties is that because the team communication is very low right now, because again, people are playing, you know, for themselves right now, which is the right thing to do. You don't have to try hard in the closed beta. I would like to win, but I get it. Like everyone's still figuring out what they're doing and maybe like, exactly how we should manage our money as a team is not on the top of their mind. Their mind is thinking, okay, how the fuck do I shoot the guy that shot me three times in a row? That's what they're thinking about. That's what I'm thinking about. Managing the economy is like number 18 on my list right now. But it is something that I think is worth mentioning as something that is going to be important as a skill. And I guess I'll I'll go ahead and stop here. I kind of talked about everything that I wanted to talk about. And these are just all my unsorted random thoughts about the three days of the closed beta of Valorant that I've played. I hope you guys enjoyed listening to this. Uh, I love talking about games like this. It's one of my favorite things to do. And I hope more of you can get into the closed beta as it progresses. Hopefully it's a type of deal where everybody pretty much gets in by the end of it. Although I don't think they've given out a ton of keys yet. I guess I just got lucky but I'm hoping to see more of you on there. And if uh, if you want to add me and uh, you're an ex-CSGO player, you want to carry my ass in a few different games, uh, you can add Ponderous Sea Lion. Uh, I think, is it based on the Riot Code? Fuck, what is it? It's either Ponderous Sea Lion hashtag NA1. How, how the fuck does that even work? I don't know. Try to add me. I've got the, whatever your tag is, the hashtag NA1, it's the same for me. So it's either Sea Lion hashtag NA1 or Ponderous Sea Lion hashtag NA1. I wish I knew, uh, but they made it weird. They made it fucky like blizzards. So I don't know. Just do your best adding me (laughs) if you have any desire to do that. Anyways, I'm Ponderous Sea Lion. Thank you for listening, and I'll catch you on the flippity flop. Flippity flop.